0: Welcome to COVID Roulette, our oral history project telling the stories of the pandemic one person at a time and today we're talking to someone who has COVID, someone who is in their seven days isolation and suffering at home and Steve is a great talker and thinker and I thought he might have some fascinating insights into the illness period.
1: Stories
0: from the pandemic. Hello, Steve. How are you, mate?
1: How hey, will I? How are you?
0: Hey, I, I, I gather I'm ringing you bad times, you've, you've got the dreaded rona?
1: I do, um, I'm recovering, um, but yeah, so I'm on the mend, but I um, yeah, had a bad couple of days to be honest, so probably worse than I thought it would be, probably every bit as bad as the worst flu I've had.
0: So tell us about where you're at, what day you're at and what sort of symptoms have you had?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, or maybe I'll even just go back and tell you how I got it, which is I think worthwhile telling you because as as you probably know, <clears throat> I reckon our family's been a poster family for for Dan Andrews in terms of how we've conducted ourselves. We've done everything right. For, you know, my wife was wearing masks before they were required. I've sort of done exercise along the side of the house for for months on end, even when you could go for a walk around the block.
0: You deliberately stayed housebound. You wouldn't even go out into the streets.
1: Ultra cautious, ultra cautious. This is especially pre-vaccination, right? So before we had the glimmer of hope, we were very, very much um, sort of self-isolating as much as we could. Yeah, sort of living... We still thought we had a decent existence, but we weren't doing anything silly. And I guess the point of it is, is that... Here we are finally trying to get back to normality, Um, still being a little cautious, you know, but doing things. Went to a party, our first indoor party uh, last Saturday, and a person, would you believe, after the last two years, a person has attended with symptoms. They've actually come to a party with symptoms, and, of course, it's all too late by then. By Tuesday, I tested positive, started off with a bit of a shiver, Day one wasn't too bad, but certainly for me, I'm now day four, days two and especially day three were probably the worst for me. You know, sort of shivers, um, really bad headache, uh, much worse than probably when I've had the flu. So shivers, unable to sort of sleep well, um, couldn't watch, really couldn't watch anything. So visually, for me, visually, I just couldn't be bothered even staring at a screen, so The most I did was, you know, put on a bit of Mozart and just sort of relax um, and listen to it. But that was about it. Even then that got tiresome. And so it was really just sort of lying there, grumpy, miserable and thinking about all the naysayers, all the people who gave me the the shits over the last few years. But, um, you know, it's funny. A lot of people sort of say, well, you know, you've been vaccinated and you still got it. As I was lying there, I took the complete opposite view. I was thinking to myself, how bad would this have been if I didn't get the third jab? So for me, I was sort of thinking, thank you, Pfizer, all all the way, rather than sort of being cynical and saying, well, uh, you would have got it anyway. I probably would have got it anyway, absolutely. But uh, I probably wouldn't be talking to you as comfortably as I am three days on. And so for me... Uh, even though i felt pretty awful um, life's returned to normal pretty quickly and for that i can only thank the vaccines i think uh, that, that's been the sort of the, the takeaway for me
0: how were you mentally because i i know how hard you tried not to get this thing and you was as you said you were as careful as anyone you guys were online shoppers you weren't out at the shops you weren't out at parties you you were just so careful was it was it a blow did you sort of go oh
1: not really, because I think, you know, we're, we're also realists and we're, we're not complete reclusive. Obviously, in the last, you know, couple of months, certainly, if not more, you know, we've been trying to inject ourselves back into society. In fact, you know, I went to the, I've been to the footy a couple of times. So it's not like we're um, Howard Hughes or anything sort of avoiding contact with humans, but if I was going to get it, I'd prefer to get it on my terms or certainly not get it because of some stupid person who's walked into a room with symptoms. But no, no, I think mentally we were bracing for the fact that we'd, we'd eventually get it. I mean, I mean, our thought was, why would you want to get it preemptively? Like, the longer you can put it off, you might miss it one season. You might somehow get it with with a lesser variant or something but i think the reality is the science is pretty much the science and i look at the science and that and that is that you're not going to probably avoid it forever to me it was a matter of bracing for how will i react and i just was hoping i would be statistically as as predicted as a 50 year old healthy male that i would get by with you know relatively mild or moderate symptoms and that's how it panned out. So statistically, I'm exactly what the number game was telling us.
0: And did you spend a lot of time with the with your favourite person in the world, the person at the party with symptoms? Were you, were you? Did you have a chat with him or her?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, it was indoors, so I think that makes a huge difference because I mean, obviously, um, the, I've been outdoors many occasions and nothing's happened, including the football. But at this party, it was interesting. I, I did actually have a brief conversation from about a meter and a half away and of course there was also shared food plates so you know i would imagine it was either one of those two things but i would have just thought the droplets in the room just circulating uh, in close proximity whether i was talking to this person or not i don't think would have made a, a huge difference I, you know indoors <clears throat> sharing food um i think that was we were going to be we were gone as without realizing it at the time
0: And what about your household? You've got your wife and your two daughters as well. What's been the protocols? Have you tried to fence off yourself in a room or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, been fenced off. Um, So, you know, we're fortunate that we have a bit of space. So, you know, I've got a couple of rooms, you know, obviously get the sort of three meals delivered to me, in, in those rooms and very, very like in terms of using it. I've got to put on one of the fancy masks and i walk across you know, into the toilet. There's a dedicated toilet and bathroom for me. Uh, everyone else is sharing um, the others, the others, but um, we've just found out today that uh, Alex, uh, my youngest daughter's also got it. And so uh, that means that uh, this process might just keep going on the drip feed for the next, who knows how long, because, you know, the other three thought they were okay, so I would imagine now that all of us will get it. It's it's leaked, not probably from me. I, I would imagine that uh, the party got us all. Uh, it was just a matter of a delayed reaction in terms of symptoms. I think.
0: And is Faye ultra careful? She was always very reluctant to. Yeah, uh...
1: um, the reality is, we often we we make fun of ourselves, but self-deprecating and all that sort of thing but the reality is i actually can't see why most of society doesn't conduct themselves in the way we have like you know i'm obviously aware of your situation with, with jack and i'm not sure why people think it's that crazy to want to look out for not only yourself but your fellow person in the street like i just don't understand it and what we've done is not even been a huge sacrifice. It's not like we're sort of, you know, World War One and we're giving up butter and and bread or whatever it is, right? Like we're simply just doing things relatively responsibly. That's it. So no the answer is Faye has absolutely adapted, um, but just in a responsible way. And so no, right now in the house it's it's fine.
0: And Steve, I know you've got a teenager or she might have been twenty year old daughter now. I've heard you speak quite eloquently that they are The generation that have really copped it. Can can you give a sense of what Natasha has gone through as a result of this pandemic? And I'm not trying to overstate it. Obviously, people have suffered with death and illness and this sort of thing. But just what the generation generally is going through.
1: I mean, look, we've tried to. I will, but I mean, we've also told our kids to be stoic, right? And we've tried to emphasise the fact that. We've lived through a, a golden period of prosperity and all that sort of thing. So we've also tried to point out that hey, look, if this is our World War One or you know bubonic plague equivalent, then we've done okay in in the grand scheme of history. However, you know, <clears throat> children especially can you know, their memory only goes back in you know, how many years, and so for them this is a huge deal, and and quite rightly it is. For someone like Natasha, my eldest daughter, I mean, I feel a little extra guilty because I've always promised her that. I said, look, Natasha, when you get to uni, it's going to be the best time of your life. (laughs) And she's been basically studying from home for the last sort of 18 months, even on that front. But she was actually of the first pandemic, you know, the 2020 um, year in terms of high school. So she completely missed out. She was there in that year where there was complete uncertainty. So literally no one knows that. Can you work from home? Can you... Can we even do exams, you know, all that stuff. So the, the uncertainty for them in that year was was immense. But in terms of the social aspect, that's the killer. I mean, the rest of it you can make up, but I think you never get your you never get those three or four years back. And they're the probably that, that that's a huge they're probably three of the best years of your life. And so I've watched her miss out on her, you know, she had big plans for an 18th birthday. Um, she's missed out on a bit of travel. Uh, missed out on the you know, this all the formalities at school and all of the send-offs and the pats on the back and um all that stuff. And, you know, even things we shouldn't get too private here, but I'm you know, meeting boys and um, you know, all of that stuff. I'm I'm not even sure if that I mean I hope it returns pretty quickly, but there's a real anxiety amongst kids and and stuff and so i feel as though i i just hope the scarring is not there longer term i think my girls will be okay because we've tried to emphasize that life could be worse but it's a big problem and and yeah even if they are okay it's something that they can never get back so i think it is a really awful thing and as a parent Um, just sort of looking in on it it's been really hard it's just been hard to watch Um, you try and do everything right okay I mean we we've I'm I'm a planner so I've tried to plan my whole life make sure everything's good and I set it up and it's all you know all the boxes are ticked and then this comes along and blows it all away and you know the kids have been good but it's really hard when you can't control things and make sure that the best can happen for your loved ones right and so that's been really hard but look as you said tones like there's been people who've seen death and so we mind you we've not been able to attend um, a funeral um, of a very close family member Um, my mum's living on her own (laughs) aged 83 and slowly getting very frail and hardly saw her for a while so you know there are Big, big things happening, and the social aspect for kids at that age, yeah, been terrible.
0: And these next few days, I mean, you've got another four days, is it, inside? What's what's your plans for that? Do you think you'll have to work, or what's, what's going on?
1: Yeah, so certainly we'll be working from home. There's no respite on that front. They'll say all the nice things like, oh, well, make sure you rest up. But, oh, before you do, <laughs> just make sure you just make sure you log on and quickly get these things done so it's all the it's all the it's all that nonsense about work life balance when in fact it's just a cliche that doesn't mean anything so the answer is no I won't rest up as I should i mean in reality if we were living in a progressive society someone as sick as i was really should have been allowed to rest for 3 to 5 days unconditionally
0: were you hassled by work
1: well, that's, but it's that's passive-aggressive, right? So it's not get on, you must do it. It's, oh, sure, we can do it. if oh, Please rest up, but uh, <laughs> just be aware of the deadlines. And so it's passive-aggressive. Passive-aggressive, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And so, you know, you feel compelled to have to get on, like I did for a couple hours this morning, uh, when by rights, really. If, we, if we're we talking is taking us to a certain position in, in life, like we really should be sitting back and, giving people the opportunity to rest up after a pretty brutal virus that's gone through your body, I'm, I'm on the improve pretty quickly. So I think I'll be okay. So for me, it's, I, I think I can open my eyes and watch something now. So I'll probably do a bit of, um, you know, watching something and some podcasts, obviously, a bit of music for your decent new albums. So I'll just give them a go. And that's it. So I just uh, sit in this room and, and sort of walk up and down the side of the house again and reminisce about the good old days
0: of lockdown. 2020. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad to hear you're in reasonable spirits, Steve. And, and we wish you well with the next few days. and Get well.
1: All right. Thanks, Tony. Good talking.
0: That's the end of the episode. I'm Tony Wilson. COVID Roulette is an Elphington Community Centre project and it has been funded through the Victorian Government's Local Community Access Grants Program. It's conceived and produced by myself and Leanne Coglin. Our musical theme is from David Bridie. Our artwork from Lee Arkapoor. A big thank you to Steve for getting off his sick bed and having a chat with us. If you've got a COVID story you'd like to share, do get in touch. There's an email address in the show notes. Thanks for listening. And Steve said it so well in the episode. Get your booster, get vaccinated. When the ball's dancing on that COVID roulette wheel, you want to have the best odds you can.